This is the third time's a charm for us on uh, this recording tonight. Luckily, we've only gotten about four minutes in and talked about um, uh, open alcohol consumption for the most part. So we haven't even gotten to cats yet, which is strange for us, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm glad you're back and I'm glad everyone else is back and this is Paranormal Captivity. Yay, paranormal captivity. This is, uh, hopefully, if all goes according to plan, this is the Halloween episode of Paranormal <gasps> Captivity. The spooky paranormal oh. captivity. Halloween time. Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Okay, that's probably copyrighted. I shouldn't yeah, do that. Yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored by uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, if you'll believe it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but hopefully, so this will be like really funny when, you know, once we start releasing episodes, because it's like, we are recording this in literally, I think actually almost an exact month away from when we would be yeah. releasing this. So you guys are listening from the future. Hey, if I don't get a job, but my passport comes back in time, I could be listening to this from Europe. <gasps> Oh, you guys, Julia has an open-ended ticket when she came back from the Peace Corps. Has an open-ended ticket. She bought a round-trip ticket. This is actually life advice here, people. So I was buying a ticket back from Albania, which is, like, not an easy place to get to because only the big airlines fly in and out of it. Oh, also, why was it harder for you to get a ticket back? Was it because you were transporting a cat? (laughs) A live animal. Yeah, so that was the other part of it because I had like within the like realm of reason, I had three to four airports that I probably could have flown out of. Albania obviously being my first choice, but then my town was halfway in between Albania and Kosovo. So I was also looking at Kosovo, but also Montenegro is not that far away. So I was looking at Montenegro too. And some of them bitch super fancy mm-hmm. but all of them are like balkan eastern europe airports that like don't have a lot of flights don't have direct flights and don't know cert- how to stamp a cat passport certainly don't know how to stamp <laughs> a cat passport so yeah it was just a little tricky and even like if i could fly budget airlines i quickly found out that none of them allow pets on board which is Ugh. not cool assholes ryanair i'm looking at you yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no also- called out also wow and whiz that were the those were the two that i was like come on (laughs) they sound like actually because we're going to be talking about uh a technically an archie comic today it does it sounds like two like bebop type like linebacker guys that are on the the football team that gives sabrina like a hassle (laughs) stupid wow and whiz wow and whiz you guys suck or since we're more on like the you know the cat side wow and whiz would be 
I, I imagine them as like twin, like maybe Siamese or like super fluffy, like white cats, like either or, <laughs> but they look exactly the same and they would heckle Salem and Salem yeah. would be like, I hate you. And he would try to curse them. Yeah, absolutely. So Those we are... hate Wow, Wiz we... and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hate Wow, Wiz and Aunt Ryan. Yes, they're all <laughs> awful and don't allow pets. And I'm super salty about it. Um, not sure what anyone else's opinion of those airlines are, but it was super annoying because Wow and Wiz are the ones that have the like really cheap flights from Iceland. Oh, right. Yeah. And so if you go, if you like make your way to Iceland or like Denmark or like anywhere over there, like Brussels, you can get really, like really ridiculously, I don't know how they're still in business, cheap flights from like a lot of those places back to the States. But I couldn't because I was transporting a cat. And so I had to look at the bigger airlines, which are significantly more expensive, especially going one way. So I was looking at like Lufthansa and United had some and like Austrian air. But going one way from Albania to D.C. was like twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. Just just one way. Just one way, which was absolutely absurd. And I was like horrified and like absolutely wouldn't do it. I was like, I'm gonna boat my way back. <laughs> just gonna me and Junie will just swim back together. We'll paddle. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe i'll just train it back from albania to yeah, like oh spain and try to find <laughs> well that's also like, a travel tip spain. people because julia and i just traveled together and i got an insanely cheap flight from la to spain i don't know what's happening right now but mm-hmm. knock on wood it's still happening in a month when these are this is out again i was also not transporting a cat so yeah not bear that in mind as well yeah but continue on so you were looking for yeah, and it was actually so, while we were traveling, but you still hadn't bought your ticket back home yet. I bought, this, I bought this ticket like four days before my flight because I was like, <laughs> I have to bring this cat home, but I like also refuse to pay $1,500 for a one-way ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I mean, that's like rich people prices. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I've actually heard somewhere that like if you get a round trip ticket, it can be less expensive. And that was actually another Peace Corps volunteer posting on um, one of our Facebook pages being like um has anyone had experience with this because I'm about to buy a round trip ticket that I'm like not gonna use the other half for because it's cheaper so I was like all right I'll just look into it even if it saves me a couple hundred I bought that ticket for six hundred dollars <gasps> are you kidding it cut it in half it cut it in half Jeez. to get an, like double the flights <laughs> <laughs> you get half the money double the flights (laughs) double the flights for half the money this is oh my god do you know what we're actually brainstorming right now kitty airline international (laughs) half the money double the trips (laughs) trips so anyway moral of the story i got my cat home on a really good flight that i got to pick out it was on austrian airlines they're great about pets but yeah so now i have a one-way ticket back or i guess the second half of my round trip ticket back to kosovo and we'll see if i actually use it yeah so when is that coming up because i remember you broached the subject to me of saying oh you know what i could do i could go to dracula's castle for halloween i was like you spooky fancy bitch (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah so I planned it when I got the round trip ticket I was like oh I'm absolutely not using this second half and so I booked it for like because I could have booked it for like you know a week or like a month or whatever I'm, I was like you know what? I'm just gonna book it for like the end of October because why the fuck not <laughs> yeah I mean literally why not yeah I was like I could do it like any month but like you know, October seems like a good amount of time for me to, like, figure my life out and figure out, like, what I want to do with this ticket. Because I kept thinking, like, I'm going to get home and this ticket is going to be, like, four days from when I get home and I'm, like, not going to want to deal with it and it's just going to expire and, like, you know, it's gone. It's like, I'm going to plan it for enough time out that I can think about it and, like, think about what my options are. Because I could probably even go to the airlines and be like, I want to change this ticket and it would still cost less than buying a new <gasps> ticket. Oh my God. So true. That you is know? so true. Yeah. So I, I gave myself plenty of time to figure out, to like, think about it, figure out what I want to do with this ticket. And it's for now your life. For, <laughs> and my life. It is now for the end of October. I was kind of hoping to have a job before the end of October, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. <laughs> um, Julie, don't say that. Cat Mom is a full-time job. Cat Mom is a full-time job. And I've also started cross-stitching, which <gasps> I know is a very cat lady thing to do. But no, it's I awesome. could open an Etsy store for Christmas. Yeah, you, know, you never know. No, I think you definitely should do that. Yeah. Your so, job is also cat correspondent slash podcaster now, so. Um, my job is also cinnamon roll maker for two children who demand them every time they come to our house. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because you get to eat cinnamon rolls, too. But that shit's like sometimes hard. Yeah, I mean, they're fun to make. Last time I made, this is like spiraling out of control. It really is. <laughs> I'm not even talking about anything important. I'll cut it out. <laughs> but last time I made cinnamon rolls I was super excited about fall and so I rolled pumpkin pie filling (gasps) in the middle and it was pretty delicious it was pretty messy and terrible to make but it was pretty delicious (laughs) um no I think that's actually really relevant to this episode because this is the all things Halloween episode yes and spooky all things Halloween oh I'm still doing the tune okay guys (laughs) I'm not gonna do the tune anymore um that's like Okay, so we have two nieces. One of them is, I don't know how old they are, but I one of them is like never in, <laughs> one of them is in a, a young grade that is learning days of the week. And I, I think, I don't know if you learned a days of the week song, but I feel like I learned a days of the week song in school and I don't oh, remember geez, what it to, was. But way like, to rub it in that I'm older than you. you know? <laughs> days of the week song wasn't I, even around yet. <laughs> they weren't even around yet. But the days of the week song has changed and, uh-uh. and Giselle came home and started singing it. And I was like, um, is that the days of the week song or is that the Adams Family song? <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing! It sounds like the Adam like, Family. It's the Days of the Week <gasps> song, and I was like, "You don't even know who Adam Family is." Wait, is she, did she snap? I hope the recording caught that. <laughs> it, it did. Yes, I don't remember if she did snap. I can't remember. She definitely had the like. It was definitely the Adam Family theme song, but I can't remember what the snap was. I don't what is it like? Did. Is it like da na 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 Monday da na 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 Tuesday? Like I can't think of anything else. No, it's Days of the Week. Days of the week. Oh, but then like I don't. Oh, it's the like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
oh Thursday. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, that's just so copyrighted. They can't do that. It's so copyrighted, but yeah, she started singing it, and I was like, "That's suspicious." I know this is not the days of the week song, and this is absolutely not what I learned in school. Um. So yeah, we're very um full, full force Halloweening over here. Yes. Nice. Yes. So Ooh. we have a really fun topic today. We <gasps> yeah, oh, so exciting. We decided to break the mold just a little bit in honor of Halloween because it is so spooky and great and wonderful. Woo woo woo, and because cats definitely feature so prominently in all things, uh, you know, Halloween related. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Ooh. there is an excellent. Excellent, exciting thing coming out. We're so excited because <laughs> The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is coming yeah. out on Netflix on October 26th, yeah. which we do realize if all goes to plan, we're going to be posting this after that happens. So we're just hoping, you know, that, you know, an episode right after that, <laughs> we'll be able to talk about it. Suck. Yeah, yeah. We're hoping that it's great, as great as we hope it is. Yeah. Um, but I do love Riverdale, so I'm assuming oh, that it will I be also on par. Love Riverdale. Oh, I was just rewatching some of it just to get into the like Sabrina mood. But it's just so good. It's just so good and spooky. Like that's such a good. Oh, so basically, for anyone who doesn't know, so I and I actually didn't know. I I looked this up just really recently and um, mm-hmm. discovered this really recently. I kind of thought that this was like a new TV concept, the idea of like a horror Archie and a horror Sabrina. But it turns out there are actually comics. The Horror Archie series is like a whole series and the horror version of Sabrina as well could to go along with it because um, uh, they kind of intertwined in the original comics and Riverdale is right next to Greendale where Sabrina lives, actually moves to in the comic that we just read. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I should have said that at the beginning too. We read the Sabrina comic. <laughs> we read the Sabrina comic. <laughs> oh God, I'm like already explaining everything. People are like, what are you even doing? What is going on here? So yeah, so we read the original. So there's the original original, which was like the long ago original, for lack of a better word. Let me just say that th- for the third <laughs> the time. Back in your parents' day comic. Yes. And then more recently, they took Archie and they took sabrina and they turned them into horror but also like i don't i'm assuming we read the same one i hope but (laughs) in like at the very end of the one so i just got the kindle version off of amazon yeah me too um but at the very end of it it did have like a little clip of the original sabrina in there yes yeah so, uh, yeah, I read that, too, and she was kind of a sassy biatch. Yeah, and that's... Like, from a... the beginning, oh, which was, 100%. like... Yeah, which, like, I was reading it and, like, obviously comparing it to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, yeah. the TV show that I originally thought, like, Ugh. thought Sabrina was based off of. Yeah, yeah. Because I had no idea it was a comic. But, yeah, even going back to the original, I was like, where did they get Sabrina the Teenage Witch from? Because she was, like, a nice, like you know family friendly like very kind and like loving like bumbly teenager and like both of these other comic sabrinas i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> you are the different <laughs> um, like you are anomalous joan hart <laughs> no no um okay so we're gonna start um so basically we read the chilling adventures of sabrina the mm-hmm. um episode one number or, one number one 
Yeah, um, we didn't read the <laughs> we didn't read the trade paperback. We read the oh, I always get this wrong. John always is like making fun of me because I'm always like, oh yeah, the trade paperback, and he's like, that's not what that means. Oh, trade paperback <laughs> and single issue. So we read the single, the number one single mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not read the trade paperback, which would have had a lot more content in it. And that includes, and it was I believe, also like much more expensive. It was a lot more expensive, <laughs> and it's free if you read them uh, by single issue on Kindle right now. So that's a little yeah. hot tip. Um, you guys it's should go true. do that. So yeah, so we're gonna dive into. We'll kind of go through the the chronology of what happens. Yeah, and then we'll talk just about Salem probably, and probably a little bit of everything else because everything else is great and so fun yeah. and. Yeah, just chilling and horror. Yes. Horrific. Um, Okay, so should we get into the chilling adventures of Sabrina number one? Yes. (gasps) Guys, this is just the most fun. You guys should read it immediately if you're into it. Um, Again, they're free on, free or like 99 cents, I think, on Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon Prime right now. Yeah, they're free on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a subscription to Kindle Unlimited on Amazon, you can read them for free or it's 99 cents. Got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And you guys, I think I'm actually going to go and like buy the physical copy because every page of this, the art is so creepy and beautiful. I just want to like frame every single frame (laughs) and be like, this is amazing. So yeah, so I guess we should start at the beginning. Do you want to just start? Actually, you should just start because I think your memory is probably a little bit better than mine. Um, Sure. Okay. It did start I'm pouring um, more wine. I'm not being. <laughs> yeah, I can hear the chug of the bottle. So that, one, that one didn't sound like pee. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> yeah, so I think this one started on her first birthday or around a year from when she was born. And it does introduce her father first. It seems like he's a pretty important character that then like disappears halfway through. <laughs> Yeah, he's really just gone. Spoiler alert, but it does, like, he's the first character you meet, and it comes as, like, a very big divergence from what I'm used to with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. This father figure is, like, not so innocent, I would say. He apparently is a priest of the Church of the Night and has summoned the devil multiple times. Yeah. Which is just um, thrown out as, like, a random fact, like, very quickly in the yeah. very beginning. It's like an intro. Here's Edward Theodore Spellman. Here's, here's he summoned the devil. <laughs> this guy. So, yeah, he seems like a, a pretty pretty dark, creepy man. Like a stand-up dark lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, right away it starts pretty dark. And then you see in one of the frames just, like, a bunch of women show up. Just kind of, like, yeah. appear in the room. Which then... Only a couple of names are thrown out, but Aunt Hilda and Aunt Zelda are two of them. Yeah. So they're in the room, but it looks like kind of, you know, the the matriarchs of the witch family, if you will, of the Spellman mm-hmm. household. Yeah. Um, of the Spellman lineage, maybe generations of the the witches. So they are there to take Sabrina away. For something undisclosed, right? They don't really 100% say what it is. I think it's just to raise her because... I think a a common thread in all of the versions of Sabrina is that she is a half-witch. Her father married a mortal non-witch woman, which is very against witch law in these stories. And so that is kind of what is implied here, I think, is like 
he made a deal to make it okay to marry a non-witch woman and like this is the price he has to give up like any child of his yeah because in the actually a, like a few maybe even just the next frame over i think aunt hilda or zelda says something similar of like and but also referencing that maybe sabrina's mom was having trouble conceiving Mm -hmm. a child and so they made they made it sound like they had helped that in some way and had been like i think that one of the lines was like well we deserve something for that don't we which is like such the definition of a catch-22 because it's like well if i knew you were gonna take my child maybe i wouldn't have i would have maybe just stayed infertile yeah yeah (laughs) or adopted right yeah the foster care system is in need of yeah foster parents all the time and they maybe not a demon summoning witch lord but you know nicer foster parents Sabrina's mom seemed nice she did seem nice which is really sad because in like the next couple frames so (laughs) in like two seconds some very unfortunate things are gonna happen oh god we're so close to some really sad things for her so edward so the women all come to edward edward is like just totally a part of it and is like yep i'll go get sabrina and then as like she's a you know tiny baby and he's goes up to her room um which this panel right here with the crib as he's walking in you guys should really read it because the art on that crib is like and i don't even care about kids but like it just looks so cool it's like orange and black and just he's coming in with his like creepy like outlined suit and tie it looks really cool but so he comes in and finds her crib empty and he's like oh i know exactly what happened and this is not good he realizes that, of course, his wife has taken Diana. Some- Diana, yeah, which is so Wonder Woman adjacent. And I just am like, <laughs> so yeah, Diana has taken Sabrina and like escapes out the window and runs into the woods, which I don't know where their house is, and I'm not judging, but I'm just saying, if you have any other choices, any other places to go. The woods are not a good, like, just don't go into the woods with your tiny (laughs) child with a coven of witches following you. Right. I mean, it does sound like she was hoping for more time because she was like, I'll go to some sacred ground or consecrated ground where they can't find me. So, like, maybe she was trying to, like, make her way into a church. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, the woods. Terrible choice. Well, I think Zelda even says she's like, there's this great line where Zelda, so, she, so of course, Zelda, Hilda, and Edward do catch up with Diana um, running away with Sabrina. And um, Zelda has this great line, super creepy line where she's like, you to Diana saying, oh, you should have known we are the woods. Of course, we'd find you, which was just like, oh, so creepy. And of course, like a little bit foreshadowing of like, spoiler alert, what happens to edward in like a couple panels which is still very unclear yeah yeah (laughs) but we'll get to that yeah so yeah they have this little altercation in the woods yeah and so edward ends up with the baby with sabrina and it sounds like they're kind of trying to decide like what should we do with diana because she threatens to out them as witches with oh that's right like if you're gonna out witches like don't tell them because they have powers and can like do things like put you in a mental institution which is exactly yep. what happened <laughs> yep we should also say too this was still within the time frame of like the 50s i think because mm-hmm. then when it reopens the actual time frame for the story is when sabrina's a teenager in the mid to late 60s i think mm-hmm. yeah so, so a mental institution not the place you want to be yeah, during this time period truly not Just saying. and like definitely a place where like you would be fully trapped and that's definitely like a big part of like a big theme of diana's 
story from here on is that she is very like both trapped within her own mind almost like they seem to have put some kind of spell on her where she is just perpetually dreaming or perpetually like not present um and then she's also you know of course physically trapped too because she's in this uh mental institution that is i mean it it doesn't seem terrible yet ish but it just i mean it seems like they i mean edward doesn't seem like he was he obviously didn't want to kill her yeah. And so, like, he did marry her for a reason. I would like to think that there is, like, a little strain of love still there, even if he is a crazy witch lord. Right, so, yeah. I'm sure he, he tried to make it as comfortable as possible. Yeah. So the whole theme of birthdays is really big in this story, because then we get a snippet from Sabrina's... I don't know what it says, what exactly the, like, year, but she's... 1957. Oh, it does. Okay, cool. October 31st. Oh, sixth birthday. Oh, I see it now. Okay. Where she's basically, like, so powerful that she is, like, levitating everything in, like, their living room and kitchen, including both aunts, and they're kind of being, like... It's just, like, such a funny, like, normal parent-child situation of them being, like, what did we tell you about levitation? What did we tell you about telepathic tantrums? And she's like, oh, do it outside, not in the house, um, kind of thing. But she's also really sad that her father is supposed to have come to see her and has not, which is a bummer. Yeah, it sounds like the aunts don't really know where he is because she's like, you said he'd be back by now. And they're like, well, we hoped he'd be back by now. So it's kind of, you know, they don't really give you a time frame for how long he's been gone or where he is or kind of like what he went to do. Yeah. It's all very mysterious until like the next panel. <laughs> yeah. Until the next panel we get that he is trapped in a tree and his screaming face is just coming right out of the bark, which is Yeah, it's a really disturbing <laughs> a really horrifying image. Yeah, it truly is. And they do that like close up, like you get the that like, like bottom panel away. there. Yeah. Go a little closer, closer and, and like, all of a sudden oh, it's God. like face. Yeah. Tree face face right in your face and you're like i don't oh god i, I don't want this in my life I'm yeah very terrified right now so terrified but so then sabrina so that's kind of like a side panel it's like kind of like a cut of like you know that doesn't really interact with the scene that we're still in which is sabrina's sixth birthday which this is also where <gasps> our favorite person slash cat comes in <laughs> um, yeah. salem Saberhagen. I don't know if they're going to have his last name in this because it's not in the comic. Oh, um, yeah. But he is very much there. Very yes. much still an adorable little feline oh. for his crimes. Uh, his, like, I was, I was just thinking about this. His whole storyline, like, even just the concept of him is so fucking good. Because you even get the, so in Sabrina the Teenage Witch from uh, the Melissa Joan Hart 90s mm-hmm. tome, in that one, you definitely get the sort of the juxtaposition of like him having uh, Salem having been a witch that was or a warlock that was turned into a cat because he tried to take over the world. But mm-hmm. now is also because he's Sabrina's familiar is sort of constantly like telling her not to do things. So that like I just like there I get like no end of joy out of that like concept of like <laughs> someone who literally tried to take over the world who is now like no don't cast that spell or like you're gonna put a love potion on him that's stupid you should not do that whereas you could literally just be like you literally tried to take over the world which of course like that's always the joke with cats too 
yeah. they would try to take over the world. Well, I also thought it was interesting because in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you do get the very general, like, he's, you know, here in cat form because he tried to take over the world. But kind of the running joke is, like, you don't really know how he tried to take over the yeah. world or, like, what exactly he did. And there was, like, one episode I was trying to remember back to what I even remember about Salem and his backstory in that TV show. But there was one episode where he gets, like, thrown into the body of, like, the teenage nerd at Sabrina's school, and he tries to take over the world again in his body. (laughs) And you kind of, like, see him, like, sitting at a big table, and he's kind of, like, has his little pawns out, his little, like, (laughs) army men that he's, like, moving around, very, like, world war kind of battleship-type style take over the world. But here in this comic... It sounds like he tried to enact the end of days yeah. like from the book of Revelation, like maybe summoned a few horsemen. <laughs> yeah, okay, because that was such a good comment a little bit later in this where, mm-hmm. you know, it just like sets up such good sassy commentary because it's of course like he's saying something sassy because he also in, in this comic is like, the sassiest of sassiest like just so good and then one of the ants is like you tried to summon the four horsemen you know there's just always that retort of like you can just like (laughs) the advice you try to enact the book of revelations oh my god (laughs) and just the idea that 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 salem like never would never deter him from just being so sassy like i just love that I aspire to that. (laughs) But to be fair, he actually does give, like, pretty solid advice in this comic. It's true. He really does. But that's also, like, it's not hard to give Sabrina solid advice right now because, like, this is up until the point when she's 13. Like, I know the TV show is going to start on her 16th birthday, but I feel like I remember in this comic it going up until she was 13. Oh, does it? Because I thought she was starting... No, it jumps again. So she's the Doesn't... next, yeah, because the next panel she is 13 and she's getting bullied. Um, and then there's not a ton that goes on there. There is some more great, you know, Salem, like being ready to maul other 13 year old girls, which is mm-hmm. hysterical and great. But then, so that is the panel, that's the scene that then brings us to Glendale because mm-hmm. she's getting bullied. They're actually in uh, Massachusetts, which I love that they were like, Massachusetts is the devil's country. And I was like, <laughs> well, sure. Um, but then that's how they end up next to Archie and the Riverdale town is because Glendale is right next to you. And any Riverdale fans out there, Glendale is actually... The town, it's right across the river. So there are like a few times that they've already mentioned Greendale. And actually, I have some, I have some ideas. I have some ideas that like <gasps> maybe I think Riverdale is going to cross over and I think there's going to be, I just oh. have some ideas. Well, for sure. I mean, we have to get through the rest of this comic. I know. First, but I'm like pretty <laughs> sure they already brought yes. Betty and Veronica into it. Oh, based on this, like based on one of the end scenes in this, right? Yeah, but yeah. also in yeah. Okay, we'll get to that part. Okay, we'll talk. I have a thought about that, but we'll talk about it when we get to it because okay. it's a little a little ways away. You have a you have a theory about it. I do. I have a theory about it. Okay, cool. So okay, so back at her sixth birthday, she receives Salem from uh, Aunt Hilda and Zelda as a familiar, as a, a you know a helper to um, a witch. Apparently, um, you know every witch has a familiar who um 
you know, sort of does exactly what Salem does do. Like, he helps her in the ways that she needs help, which is clearly always very, like, conscious, consciousness and, like, like sort of ethical, like, should you really be doing this? Based. Yeah, which brings us back to my point before. It's not hard to give her good advice in this moment mm-hmm. because basically everything she does is, like, a little bit stupid. Right, right, which is, like, so well, um, it's just so well set up from the beginning of, like, that whole tantrum that she's having and you know she's you know really kind and sweet and you know loves her aunts but also is like very powerful and like doesn't quite know what to do with it which is such a cool dynamic to bring like Ben Salem into and then have him as the one that's like you know obviously technically age-wise older and you know able to just be the sassiest and greatest He's also drawn really well, like really cool in this. He's got like these bright, like piercing blue eyes and has like, he's a little bit of like almost a tuxedo cat in this. He has like a little bit of white on his face and mm-hmm. chest. He's also very fluffy. He's super fluffy. But like in a wiry way. <laughs> yeah. It's like such a cool, it's like such a cool combo of like creepy and cute. Like I'm so here for it. Yeah, he's definitely like a little werewolf cat. He is. He does have a little werewolf look. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way, that's actually kind of an interesting idea because people who are turned into cats. A little bit of a werewolf. Right. It's like a little bit of a werewolf principle of like a person turning into an animal still. Yeah. But I always kind of wanted kind of what you're saying about him being like a little bit her moral compass in like a weird way which is like super weird because he tried to bring about the end of the world but like it always kind of makes me like want to know a little bit more about his backstory and like get a like comic or a story like completely dedicated to like his not just what he was doing to get turned into a cat but like a little bit more of his character because like when you see him here as a cat, it doesn't like a hundred percent fit with the take over the world story that you're getting. And so I'm yeah. a little bit like, what was his rationale behind that? Because right. like maybe it would have been an okay thing right. to have the world end. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe he was like pretty logical about it. Right. Like, did anyone double check to see if it was like potentially beneficial? Right. Or like is something <laughs> to bring horsemen into sure like is something like big gonna because a there is the idea that you're right like he seems so chill with it at this point that it's almost like he's had a lot of time to like process the fact that he's a cat so it's almost like how long have you been a cat like have you been a cat for like hundreds of years because it definitely seems like it and i think in sabrina the teenage witch he was like doomed for a hundred years so like yeah it could be any number of any amount of time okay in between that gotcha well that makes sense but i think it was like a hundred years as a cat so then as this one is a little bit more horror horror horrific horror horror um i'm just gonna double it or triple it so (laughs) i'm gonna say his sentence is a thousand years (laughs) a million years a lifetime as a cat which like can i try to take over the world in a witch coven because like i wouldn't mind spending my life as a cat oh i would actually love to be a cat i'm looking at franklin (laughs) and he like literally is just like so sprawled out his feet are in the air he is just twisted in sleepful bliss and i just am so jealous basically 
oh, I'd never have to job hunt again. (laughs) (laughs) We could just sit in front of, we could just sit on anchor and purr to each other and that would just be it. No, that (laughs) would be weird, but yeah. (laughs) Fair, fair, that would be weird. Um, Franklin's actually kind of like raising his paw right now, which is really funny. He's being like, me, yeah, I'm a cat, I'm great. I'm a cat. Yeah, great. Um. So, oh, so we're so right after she Sabrina gets um Salem, there's this great scene where so she's actually getting bullied, which is really sad. She's like, I think she's actually maybe in danger of like being outed as a witch. Well, it sounds like she's actually at like a witch school. Oh, she is at a witch school. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. So she was in, in in danger of this is kind of like it reminded me of like that scene in friends this is like like such a random scene to think of but like Mm. when chandler and monica are going to like talk to adoptive parents about like adopting kids and chandler like outs the kid as being adopted and the kid's like so traumatized like yeah 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 like why wouldn't you just tell your kid that from the beginning like it's not anyway i know but like in this scene in sabrina some little bratty kid is like you're a half breed yeah. And so, like, she's kind of, like, sounds like knows more rumors about Sabrina's family than she does, but, like, is aware of the fact that Sabrina's mother was mortal. And so it's, like, yeah. taunting her with that fact. But That's it sounds right. like the aunts did not disclose that information to Sabrina herself. Right. And then, yeah, so, like, she has to process that. And then... Which they, like, also continue to vehemently deny. And so I'm not sure. I think by the end of the comic, she's, like, had it figured out somehow. But, like, the ants seem to be no help in disclosing any family secrets to her. Yeah, the ants are really a scary force in this because they are, like... It's kind of, like, clear that they love her, but it's also, like, not... It's also clear that they're very you know, dedicated to their coven and this dark lord that we don't know anything about yet that we haven't even seen. Mm -hmm. So it's also sort of clear that they're serving someone else before they're serving, you know, like the child that they're raising. So like, that's a very scary presence, like idea. Um, But the really great scene that comes up is that, is it Hilda or Zelda? That's a good question. I want to say it was Hilda. (laughs) I think it was Hilda too. Just based on the ideas of Hilda that I have from Spring and the Teenage Witch. Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) I think it's Hilda that um, she's like, you're being bullied. Wait, BRB. And she like, (laughs) tell me that child's name. Yeah, she was like, who? And Sabrina's like, oh, I don't know. It's this person. And Hilda's like, be well, bye. And then you see a scene of her just like going up to this small child as a giant fucking spider <laughs> being like, you shouldn't be mean to people. Oh, no, she, says fair, she went up to she went up to this kid as a person and was like, are you this child? So she oh, was yeah. like, you know, roamed <laughs> around as a giant spider. She like very pointedly like, you're that kid, right? And the girl's like, yeah. <laughs> And then you just see her, like, screaming down the street and this, like, massive tarantula running after her. Yeah, and the tarantula actually in this panel where um, the little girl's, like, screaming and running away, Hilda as the tarantula is saying, manners always. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, is a good lesson for people to learn. You should just be nice to people. Manners. Be polite. If I could throw giant cow-sized spiders people's way to get them to behave, I probably would. Oh, this is more than cow-sized. I'd say this is, like, I don't know, elephant-sized, maybe? Oh, no, I said house. Oh, house, house, (laughs) yes. 
definitely house size. <laughs> you you want to troll people for no reason? Like spider on your house. <laughs> <laughs> you get a giant spider, and you get a giant spider. Do you or... hear us, giant spiders out there? Why aren't you pulling your weight around here? Yeah, come on, giant spiders. It anyone? Mm. That was a giant spider, right? It? No, that was a yeah. clown. I thought it was a giant spider. Oh, maybe I don't know. I've never in, seen it in a in a clown costume. Oh God, is it? Spoiler I, alert! Oof. Spoiler alert! I've also never seen it, but I feel like I got the <laughs> impression that it was a giant giant spider in a clown oh, costume. Oh God! Uh, at me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> welcome to a thing neither of us know about <laughs> segment in which we talk about things we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give us a give us a shout out on our social media if that is like horribly incorrect. <laughs> Yeah, please correct us. Um, also, if you are a giant spider, you should probably get in touch with us because we've got some propositions for you. Yeah, for sure. Both online and in real life. Perfect. Um, so this incident, which is funny because the incident of Sabrina getting bullied more so than Hilda turning into a giant spider and attacking a small child is what, mm-hmm. is what gets them to move to, to Greendale and out of Massachusetts. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. they have a little telepathic mind conference after um, Sabrina is bullied. Well, Sabrina's not quite in it yet. I think um, so far it's just Hilda and Zelda can talk to each other telepathically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of like, you know, what are the pros and cons of this? And then I think Sabrina does maybe pop in at the very end and she's like... Yeah, I don't think they knew that she could read their thoughts and then she popped in was like i agree with whoever wants to move and they were like oh shit they were like oh no we gotta we gotta bring this we in we have to uh not telepathically communicate anymore great thanks sabrina yeah. <laughs> or we at least need to like you know pg-13 it not that they even would pg-13 right. it for her because they apparently eat human people like they yeah which is kind of like a cool super creepy and terrifying aspect of this that like later Sabrina's cousin who we're like just about to get to in this moment mm-hmm. um makes a crack about of like oh they like cannibal twins like twin sisters even though I don't think they're twins that's just like a joke but yeah. so we move well that couple... is one of the reasons why they choose the house that they do in yes green greendale greendale yeah green yeah yeah it's like is it was it a funeral home it was something it was like an old something something building that was right across from a cemetery they were like imagine all you can eat (laughs) yeah they were like yeah they were like being little like real estate witches with each other and they were being like there's just the most adorable little cemetery right across the street and it's just like oh it's just like that combo of aesthetic is so good that like you know like 60s 50s like kind of do-goodery type like yeah 60s at this point oh it's 60s at this point yeah Mm -hmm. um but just that aesthetic of like the super put together like very buttoned up but then being like we eat people and it's fine (laughs) um yeah so supposedly they don't we don't know because it's very like well kind of subtly woven in we don't really 100 percent know but it's sort of hinted that they dig up bodies they don't actually kill people Mm-hmm. but who knows you know we'll find out I mean, a little later you start bullying sabrina you might get eaten i don't know that's true well you know i was thinking that too is it because she like because i don't know that she eats anything in this so i was kind of like it seems like she doesn't eat the same thing that her aunts eat but then they also made a comment just right in this next scene too of like can you imagine like we won't have to go grocery shopping or something like that um so yeah, they're like a constant supply of food. Yeah, and then it's like, so wait, what is Sabrina eating with you? Like, does she not want any Pop Tarts? She's half human. <laughs> she might want some 
yeah, it really doesn't say. It doesn't yeah. say what Sabrina eats. I but it does find out. show drawings of very normal-looking birthday cakes for all of her birthdays. Oh, that's true. That's a good so point. So she does at least eat cake. It might be people cake. I don't know. It's frosted. That's true. We don't know what's inside <laughs> that cake. It could be literally anything. It could be toes and eyeballs. It could just be a swarm of flies shaped into a cake. And then <laughs> they're just all buzzing that in there and frosted over. Would be very gross. Yes, it would. um okay so we moved to greendale they're living Mm -hmm. in this really cool also kind of adam's family ish funeral home ish type place with the cemetery the adorable little cemetery across the street Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then we get to we time jump just a few years and now i think this is like the her like normal time frame right Mm -hmm. okay yeah i think this is the last time jump cool so 1964 then so we're in you know mid-60s they have been living in this house for at least a little bit of time i I forget the exact the last year but at least like a year it seems like and they have a cousin ambrose who i think is british potentially yeah no she was like why does he sound like something something i'm gonna look that up oh yeah actually i have it here too (laughs) Uh, you sound like ringo so it is british oh yeah okay so he is right. Yeah, so he's they don't. They, right, they don't exactly say where he's from. They just say he's from the old country. Yeah, which I assume would probably just mean like Europe, not America. Mm-hmm. Ish. Although we could say he's from Kosovo too. I mean, who knows? You could fly uh, out to see him. I mean, people from Kosovo do not sound like Ringo, so that's I'm gonna. True. Say, that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna say no, but Albania is where uh, Voldemort hid yes. for a while, oh, and I right. feel like he would probably be friends with this Sabrina and her family. So maybe they're from Albania. Well, I definitely think Ambrose. Not to like mix too many metaphors here, but Ambrose is definitely a Slytherin, like a hundred percent. Oh yeah, I'm sure they all are. Well, but Sabrina could maybe be, like, I could see her being, like, a Ravenclaw, maybe, of, like, you know, a little clever, a little... Uh, I mean, like, is she clever, though? I mean, not really, I guess. (laughs) She has... I just was trying to, like, bring her out of the Slytherin realm. You're kind of right. They kind of all are. Yeah. They'd be in there with the Addams Family, too. Um, So, yeah, did they say... I forget, actually. Did they say why Ambrose comes to live with them? I think he he got outed wherever he Mm -hmm. was from. That's right. He's gonna be in the show. I saw him like a little little hint of of him on on their social media. Yeah, and you know I can't remember if she had a cousin Ambrose in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but I do know she had a cousin Amanda. Oh yeah, that's right. Who was also kind of like the like the full witch, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Like both sides of the family were witch, and so she had you know that background growing up and was like. A little bit more not necessarily more powerful but a little bit more knowledgeable about like how to use her magic and like always seemed to kind of like one up Sabrina in that realm and that kind of like I got kind of the impression that Ambrose might have been like a little bit that too like not that he was more powerful because he's full witch or for full warlock or whatever yeah but just that he had like a little bit more experience in learning about like different kinds of magic and like dabbled a little bit more and always seems to have like a well you could try this yeah he literally like, getting her in like, trouble 
he seems kind of like the um like has a lot of if you will (laughs) yes i well i was also thinking if you've ever seen wet hot american summer the what is the camp the like really rich kid camp across the like forest or Uh whatever oh my god i was thinking of them although it still is like even in some of these like they have some really great um moments where she's kind of you know, doing magic just along with him. So it's really clear that she's also really powerful, just maybe not quite as knowledgeable yet. Um, but he does have a line in here where he says he loves drama. So if that gives you an idea yes. of the type of person he is. <laughs> you know, telling. like, this is just, like, the whole thing of this is just so great because that line even, too, was, like, so cool to the idea of, like, who do, who doesn't have, like, their own version of, like, that guilty pleasure reality show that you just love to hate to watch that you're just like I need to watch this 100% of the time or you're just like the friend group gossip that you're like I hate this it's affecting me but also there's part of me that's like really invested in this for some weird reason and like but he's not just like a drama watcher he's like oh there's nothing going on right now let me stir all the pots all at the same time and see what explodes no 100% which is why he's so great and which is why I like really like just this idea of the comic in general because it's like horror in a couple different ways you know what I mean like it's horror Mm -hmm. in the actual horror sense and it's also like social horror too (laughs) because it's like oh just like cause all this fucking drama and like we're also gonna watch it for that or like read it for that reason Mm -hmm. it's cool um can we talk about the scene I feel like we're up to maybe the scene where Ambrose introduces his familiars to Sabrina and Salem (laughs) yep (laughs) Because goddamn talk about a Slytherin, this motherfucker just opens a trunk and these two fucking giant snakes pop out and are like, hi, (laughs) (laughs) we're here. And their names really are close to like Nagini. Like they're very similar. They are. And it's funny because they just like pop out and you see like the entire spread of the comic is just like two snakes coming out yeah. of my box and they're just like hello everybody hello we're here and then Salem <laughs> and then Sabrina just uh, like kneels down on the floor and is like these are nice <laughs> and Salem immediately because Sabrina I think asks Ambrose a question about them and Ambrose is like oh I got them from like a snake cult or like something that was like oh you like a yeah. what actually here let me look that up real fast it's a he rescued them from a snake cult in Bombay oh a snake cult in Bombay and then Salem god bless him i mean maybe satan bless him whoever (laughs) he hails to give him a little extra because he was so great and he was like ugh, snake cults are the worst just like kind of under his breath to everyone and it was like oh god you're the greatest (laughs) yeah um salem so that was june that's kind of like summer time when ambrose moves in and then we jump again to the fall to september similar to red Mm -hmm. now when school's starting and so there sabrina's kind of like which i feel like the the idea of like what sabrina wears is also a theme in the 90s sabrina the teenage Mm -hmm. witch too because i feel like salem was always telling her that like she looked terrible (laughs) yeah and i mean that was the whole intro for like the first like five seasons probably less seasons the first like couple of seasons is like she's standing in front of the mirror and she like you know snaps or whatever turns around and she like changes outfits a bunch of times and then every intro for every episode she like the last outfit was like something silly and she always had like a fun little like one-liner for it that's true that's so true yeah I'd totally forgotten that 
But yeah, so this scene starts with her sort of deciding what to wear, and Ambrose mm-hmm. is kind of like spinning records, like the hipster that he is, <laughs> the pre-hipster like, hipster. Oh, oh, don't even worry about it. Just glamour yourself. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get her to do a spell. Ambrose is definitely a bad influence because he, mm-hmm. I mean, even from here until the end, which we're getting actually pretty close to the end, he definitely influences her to make numerous choice spell choices that even she's like. But I can't do this for vanity. Like, I think that might be a rule. And he's like, oh, it's not vanity. It's for protection for yourself. <laughs> it's like, don't so no one about knows. It. He's like, no, I know how to spin this. And it's like, oh, God, you're going to get us in trouble. Uh, so yeah. I'm really invested. Um, and uh, Salem always seems to be the voice of reason and has, you know, like, done the same thing in, in this part. He's like, oh, you know, like, Ambrose is like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like, witches do this all the time. And Salem's like, uh, no, they don't. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bad idea. He also has a really great point here, too, of, like, so they're doing kind of a, a few different spells. And Ambrose keeps changing Sabrina to be, he's like, do you want to look like Marilyn Monroe? Do you want to look like, you know, who else do you want to look like? And he's, he keeps changing her to look like different celebrities, but still kind of herself. She's kind of like, oh, haha, but no, but oh, I look kind of good, but no. And then Salem walks in and his line is great because he says, your aunt's uprooted our lives and moved us to this backwater so you could be yourself proudly. Now hurry up, the bus is out front. So like, he's also kind of like the, definitely seems like the timekeeper, but also is the one that's like, you know, the reality check of, like, why are you trying to do things that, like, definitely negate, like, why your aunts even brought you here? Like, you can be yourself here, just... But then also, like, apparently, because you're going to public school, you can't be a witch, so it is kind of a toss-up. Yeah, and then when you see the bus drive away, he and Ambrose have a little, like, side conversation once Sabrina has left and Ambrose actually is like uh no you haven't been to high school like I promise you that actually was for protection which like true fair high school is brutal right it truly is yeah so both both valid valid arguments but yeah then next scene Sabrina's in high school yeah so I think we are immediately introduced to the mean girl oh my god yes so we get sabrina finally in high school which is like Mm -hmm. the sabrina that we know and then she almost starts immediately getting a little bit of sass from rosalind this definitely like set up to be a bully for her because rosalind this like red-haired sassy biatch comes (laughs) walking up to her and is like oh you live at the funeral home isn't that weird and like definitely picking at things that are pretty (laughs) are your parents dead yeah things that are like Like, excuse me and then we see (gasps) harvey kinkle just sassing his way down the hallway with his football bros I know this is a still and a piece of artwork, but he's definitely swaggering. Oh, a hundred percent. Because you just <laughs> like you see can like it. see yes. the swagger. A hundred percent. Yeah, he is in motion. Like the art in this, you're right, is so great. You almost like just get the impression that you're seeing it from Sabrina's point of view, where there's just like a do 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 like type like '90s like undertone playing as he's walking in slow motion towards her. Because then you look back at her and she's like ogling <gasps> him. Yeah. Rosalind, she so she's definitely noticed, and she's like, "Stay away from him, Spellman. Like he's mine." So we kind of get the idea that we're not just, like I wasn't sure. It made it seem like they were dating, but I wasn't ever really sure. I don't think they actually clarify it or not. But then they get Sabrina gets home and goes to Ambrose, and Ambrose is like, "What? 
how was your day? Like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I already am in love with someone. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, so basically there's a a little back and forth and he's just like, well, just do like a love spell basically on him. And Salem, of course, is there and is being like, no, you idiots. Don't do that. He, I think he literally says, here we go. <laughs> so Salem the whole time is kind of like the the voice of like, just let things, you know, naturally be. But Ambrose is like, well, hey, if we cast this spell and if it is meant to be, that will just kind of encourage it as opposed to like, if it's not meant to be, it won't happen. And then Salem has a great line, which he's like, he does a little meow. And then he says, I don't have to tell you what the Sisters Grimm would say, do I? And it's this great panel of, like, Sabrina playing with him, and he's, like, pawing at her. <laughs> so, yeah, they do actually end up doing the the love spell. And Sabrina has already, creepily like a stalker, gone to the library and cut out a picture of Harvey from the school library. And, like, because yeah. Ambrose is like, you don't happen to have a picture of him already, do you? And she's like, um, yeah, I do. Real stalker move, Sabrina. Which, of course, yeah. these days, you could just go to Facebook and print one off. But in those days... That's true. Not, you know, like, it would be harder to get access to a picture. And so it is incredibly creepy that she already has one. <laughs> I know. She's gone to great lengths, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, so they do the spell. They There's, like, a really cool sequence of, like, Salem is, like, there the whole time. But the whole time he's being, like, I don't think, I think this is a slippery slope. I don't think you but should I do, do this. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. Yeah. But it does work. That's true. It does. Or so it seems. So, yeah, the next day she's in school and Harvey just pops on over and is like oh i'm so flustered you're so beautiful i don't even know what to say and she's yeah. like you were asking me out and he was like oh my yes i was <laughs> like, so oh. she like it does seem yeah it seems like the spell works but then it immediately cuts to a new story oh. so we don't actually know what the uh the ramifications of this spell work are i'm assuming they go horribly awry at some point in future comics but that's where we leave sabrina yeah um and then we cut to meanwhile something wicked and a creepy little pentagram and then under it guys i was so excited about this panel because two riverdale cheerleaders one blonde one brunette looking very much like betty and veronica mm-hmm. are clutching a spell book and they're saying things like they're freaking out they're like oh my god oh my god oh my god um i told you this wouldn't work told, told you this was a bad idea but the other part of it that actually was really um spooky was that between the two of them it's like kind of they're both kind of saying they're like oh my god freaking out it's Veronica then. I think it's also her that says, we should have just cut him in half, which I lost my mind laughing about because I was like, yeah. sure, you should have just cut him just in say, half. Yep, what did you do instead? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was really funny because it does say, like, meanwhile, somewhere else. And it talks about, like, these two witches were trying to, like, summon a, like, demon of desire to settle a blood rivalry, yes. which, like, if you know the backstory or, like, the original comics of Betty and Veronica, they're kind of, like, both always after archie at the same time and so like i'm just kind of assuming that this was like them fighting over him that's true in the comics i could could be wrong but but like this 
if it's mirroring like the old comics then like that's kind of like what my mind immediately jumped to that's true this whole scene is so cool so it's this panel this like one small scene and then it goes the next one over is this like horrifying shadow lady who it it's clear that they've accidentally summoned and they're kind of like they know it but they're kind of like oh god we're just going to kind of forget it. And the next scene is them. This cut is so funny because they're just like, so they're panicking. This horrifying shadow lady comes out that like, we do get a little bit of backstory on that's like, the Madam Satan has been freed from this capital city of hell. <laughs> like literally all this dark shit that you're She's like. She's a succubus actually. Oh, is she? Does it say that? It does. Oh, I didn't even see Well, that. it says they were they were trying. Yeah, no, it was in the two young witches in the town of Riverdale were trying to summon a succubus, oh. a demoness of desire to help them settle. So yeah, it says they were trying to summon a succubus. I guess it doesn't say that this lady is actually a succubus. Yeah, I kind of took that to mean they were trying to do something like a, a much lower grade spell. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh my God, Madam Satan. Like they literally call this person Madam Satan. Freed freed an actual demon. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of took it as like they were trying to do something else. And then this other huge and horrifying thing happened. And they were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then it cuts to them back in their rooms. And they're basically like, okay, let's just forget about it. Like we're not even going to figure it out. Like it's okay. We can't. We're clearly out of our depth. (laughs) Let's just pretend this didn't happen because she'll just die in the woods. Yeah. And then, oh my god, the next panel is truly intense because it's like her, the Madam Satan, and then from the from here on out, we're in Madam Satan's viewpoint, um, and it's only like two two more pages, but they're like, whoa, intense, and it's like her having like eat like feasting on deer in the woods, and there are these like gruesome, bloody like she's intertwined with the deer, and then she's like oh thank god it was a blood moon and it's blessing me and then she like walks her bloody naked self into like a cursed pool or lake or something and is just like i've been in hell and this is so refreshing and cool and basically just like sits in the water for a while and then um the last scene is like it's really creative it's truly like so like creative and horrifying and gruesome it's like a woman's face hair and then each of her eyes are also a tiny skull but also like while her face is still a skull too like it's really creepy and uh she's basically the narration is saying she would need a new face first uh (laughs) before she like does anything else yeah but i think the like actual real horrifying part of this is the tie-in to like you can tell that she's like she's coming after Sabrina. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it doesn't like she doesn't say like, "Well, I'm coming after Sabrina," but it kind of has snippets of like, you know, she doesn't really remember who she was before she was sent to hell, but she does like she remembers snippets like it's coming back, like she had sisters, like she had a fiance someone she was supposed to marry like wait a minute didn't he marry someone else like didn't he leave me for a mortal yeah and then she like slowly remembers the name like diana oh yeah diana that's who he left me for so you're kind of getting that like ooh, she was like definitely involved with edward 
yeah definitely got uh got shafted in that relationship and she's very angry (laughs) yeah it's such a good the writing of this is so good because it's so good and subtle you're right it's Mm -hmm. like so it's not it's never blatant it's never like this is you know edward's initial you know witchy love interest that he left for mortal it's like from her perspective which is so cool and like she's starting to remember obviously the most painful thing Mm -hmm. for her which was probably well spoiler alert you find out in the second the second volume that that was what sent her to hell um Mm -hmm. which is super creepy and cool and terrifying i mean i don't mean cool anyway it's all horrifying and creepy and fun in the creepy way yeah but yeah it's like it's so well intertwined and written and perfect but yeah, that's the end of that volume, which was just so fun to read. I just realized that if we do post this, when we post it, and it's on Netflix, that people could have watched the whole thing before <laughs> this even comes out. <laughs> so I was like, this was smart, but also maybe not so smart. But yeah, I really hope, I mean, oh my god, I would just die with happiness if there was a, an episode of just Salem. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Or like a bat right, like a whole backstory episode of Salem. Like that would be so fun. Uh, yes. Um, and it definitely doesn't look like they're using an animatronic puppet <laughs> as they truly <laughs> did in the nineties. Uh, yeah, not that I'm mad at it, but it you know we've progressed, so we have Salem should too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If we've progressed, Salem definitely should as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not also not saying I hated the animatronic animatronic puppet because that was creepy in its own right, but yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like this might have moved on from that, which is like fine. a kitty Furby. <laughs> oh my god, he was a terrifying kitty Furby. And if they really wanted to do horror, they probably should have stuck with the Furby because, <laughs> as I'm sure you can attest, do you remember when your Furby was like truly haunting you? Yeah, they just you know there's no good way to turn them off, and so they just like come alive. <laughs> Furbies are the worst. No one should have invented those. Shame on you, whoever invented them. Oh my god, no. This is a message to the future and the past. No one get involved with Furbies because they are clearly demonic forces that mm-hmm, we don't need mm-hmm. to open communication with. I think that's it. Is that it? I think that's it. Oh my god, guys, go read The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. They are free or very cheap on Amazon Kindle right now as of the end of September. Yeah, go watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Tell us what you thought of it, because we will probably have many different ideas by the time this episode comes out. Uh, sorry, we're yeah. recording so far in advance. Yeah. Um, that might This might be one of those, like, we'll have a bunch of episodes recorded, and then as soon as it comes out, it's like, quick, binge them all so we can record in, like, half a day and yes. get it out and, you know, like, figure out a Sabrina episode for the next week really quickly. Something like that. That would give us like a weekend to binge watch and like a day to record and then like a day for you to edit. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm looking at the September calendar, not October. Yeah, that's probably (laughs) unfeasible. But, you know, we could always try. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. We don't know if we're that dedicated yet. I also might be in Europe. (laughs) Uh, That's true. Julia might be at Dracula's Castle. I am potentially going to be on tour soon, actually. That's, like, right before we leave for tour for, um, and that's why we drink. uh Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the beauty of Anchor is that we can record from anywhere. We can record from anywhere. It's true. It's true. It doesn't have to be. But also, I don't know if Dracula's Castle has Wi-Fi. Oh, 
god (sighs) okay well that's the real issue here and maybe that should dictate some of your travel plans i'm just saying (laughs) yeah i mean it might (laughs) um also take care in bringing back any cats that you do that you have the proper documentation Uh, for them (laughs) listen i the documentation was not the problem um (laughs) but didn't you also say that like no one else really checked chuni's passport no one checked any of the passports. I spent so much time and money getting all of those cats, like, totally ready and vaccinated and microchipped and, like, took multiple, like, three-hour trips to the capital because that was the only vet nearby who dealt in small animals. <sighs> and no one even cared. No one looked at them. No one in Germany. No one in Austria. No one in the States. I could have brought back, like, the mangiest, diseased <laughs> animals and everyone would have been like, you know what? Fine, let them in. But you know what? If anyone is not going to end up in the capital city of hell as Madam Satan, it's you. Because <laughs> you went through all the trouble just to bring back I went... two poor abandoned cats. And that is yeah. the true definition of yeah. sainthood. You know. Saint? there's a saint of cats i think wait is there really i don't know there should be. okay we'll look that up because we should definitely do an episode on that if there is yeah totally but also from if i've learned anything from the mummy oh, cats yeah. are the guardians of the underworld so i think as long as i treat cats well in this life i'm pretty safe in the next oh that is so that just seems so accurate to everything i know about cats <laughs> both like sacred and terrifying mm-hmm. um well, you know what? So, guys, we will actually get back to the Cat Who books. Um, yeah. How do you feel about Do you feel okay about reading The Cat Who Lived High next? Yeah, sure. I just like the name. It's so funny. I feel pretty good about that. I am. I mean, Lillian Jackson Braun did such a good, like, what, what do you call it? Not What's the opposite of an intro? An extra? Oh, yeah. She left us such a, yeah. It wasn't, like, really a cliffhanger because it wasn't, like, quite to that level yet. But she did leave us a little, like. It was a lead-in. A little, like, yeah, a little little lead-in. A little, like, bait to read her her next book. I am a little curious about who that phone call was from that Quillerin talked to in the last, like, paragraph of the cat who talked to ghosts yeah and if you guys remember from our cat who talked to ghost series we were really excited because she had like seemed to us like she kind of hit her stride was like really hitting some points that we didn't feel like she had at the very beginning for us um Mm -hmm. and you know this one just also my the teenage the 13 year old and myself just thinks the cat who lived high and just changes lived to was and just really wants to read about cats who were high on the catnip oh yes on the catnip duh that is the marijuana of cat life i'm mad i didn't say that <laughs> you can always say that just say i'm gonna <laughs> edit it out so that you're just so i'm it, it'll be like me saying the joke and then it'll be like catnip catnip <laughs> um guys so maybe i should give a little preview of this book um so what we're looking at we're still looking at the same you know the title is the length of the book but we've also gotten we've we've definitely evolved a little bit because this um the lettering is raised and it's glossy and shiny (laughs) i know we've really come a long way they're definitely still bloody cat paw prints Mm -hmm. and we've got i know it's just the perfect thing and then we've also got we seem to have a picture of mushrooms and a knife framed 
And then a bloody knife stabbing that portrait of the mushrooms and the knife, which is a bit of a meta concept here. (laughs) Do we think Quillerin cooks for himself in this? Is that what the mushrooms are? Oh, dear God, no. Has he ever cooked for himself? (laughs) But he won't have Mrs. Cobb's freezer full of meatloaf to defile. Julia, we don't know that. He's going to, like, airlift Mrs. Cobb's yeah. freezer into his penthouse. Yeah. yeah, yes. Just like the whole, the Klingenschkone fund will just lift the entire Goodwinter <laughs> Museum kitchen and put it onto the high rise in which, so yeah, so actually, you know what, maybe I'll blurb the back of this because so the cliffhanger, not cliffhanger that Julia was talking about is that at the end of the ghost, or the ghost, the cat who talked to ghosts, although I would love to read an, a, a version called The Ghost Who Talked to Cats, because I would love to hear it from the ghost perspective. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Um, just putting it out there. Manifest that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the little teaser that we're left with, um, good work, William Jackson Braun, is that Quillerin at the end, everything's wrapped up, except, I mean, except the ghosts. We're still left to believe that there could be ghosts, which... Props. I did not think would ever happen. I'm really excited about that. And so the mystery is actually wrapped up. And then at the very end, Quillerine gets a call from, I don't think we even know who it is. We just hear his side being like, yep, I'll be there. Sounds great. High rise. <laughs> what? Cats, you want to come? And then the joke is that the cats run into their wicker baskets. Or no, they run and hide because they know that Quillerine's going. Underneath the rug. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God, right. Because that was mm-hmm. the theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So we think that this next book is taking us to a fucking high rise in the down below. And I would just love to blurb this for you right now. The cat who lived high, the colorful Casablanca apartment building is in danger of demolition, Mm. but not Mm. if Jim Quilleron can help it. He's determined to restore the building to its original grandeur. So he moves in with Coco and yum yum and discovers that the Casablanca is steeped in history. I really, the way that I was reading mm. that, I really thought that it was going to say murder. So I was like really leaning into it. And it just, it only the said history. history. It's fine. Oh, yeah, mystery. <laughs> I should have kept reading. I'm a dummy. Okay. So he moves in with Coco and Yum Yum and discovers that the Casablanca is steeped in history and mystery. And, <gasps> and mystery I know. Again. Sorry. It was there. I just didn't read far enough. <laughs> being a needy bastard um in quill's very apartment a glamorous art dealer met an untimely fate and the veteran journalist and his crime-solving cats are about to reach Ooh. new heights in detection as the evidence builds up da da dot and the casablanca threatens to crumble down around them actually that's a great premise because there's like a ticking clock involved He's got to solve things before they demo the building. Also, he's apparently living in the building. So, like, are they going to demolish it while he's living in it? Uh, I think there's a rule about that. Kind of like if you chain yourself to a tree, they can't cut it down, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. If Quillerin and Coco and Yum Yum chain themselves to this apartment building, I will just, I will <laughs> die a happy person. Like, that is just. That would be really absurd. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Sorry, we know that wasn't quite as much cat related as, well, but even some of the cat who books are not. We want all as much cat content as you do, so we're we're working to get it. We're working for it. Um, we need to find like a red wall series <gasps> that instead of mice, there's just cats. <laughs> oh my god, pulling it back. Yeah, I 100 agree. <laughs> pulling it back to fourth grade. <laughs> yes. Uh, red wall. Anyone? anyone? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh my god, so great. I think that's it for us cat lovers and 
happy Halloween to you, spooky cat lovers. <gasps> happy Halloween. Yes. Da-na-na-na. Monday. Da-na-na-na. Tuesday. <laughs> Da-na-na-na. 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 Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's definitely going to be the end. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs>